Welcome to the Becoming a Streamer podcast by Pipeline, where we dive into your favorite streamer stories to learn more about who they are today and how they got there. I'm your host, co-founder of Pipeline, Stone Mountain 64, and today we're sitting down with Nitro Luke DX. This man actually has a YouTube channel with over a million subscribers, a whole team behind it, creating Minecraft shows. He actually branched into Facebook gaming a few years back now, though, and has absolutely dominated the FPS scene, growing his channel to now over 750,000 followers. He also created Overwatch League, which is an esports gaming arena, a physical place that you can go to that hosts parties, tournaments, and literally so much more. Every time I talk to him, I feel like I learn so much more. It's an awesome conversation. Honestly, this could have been two or three hours long. Uh, he's a fantastic guy, has so much to say. If you want to check him out, head over to fb.gg slash NitroLukeDX. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend who would also enjoy it. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Luke, dude, thank you so much for joining on the podcast today. Excited to have you on. God love you, baby. Oh, dude, I had to just throw that sound effect in there because that's the type of thing I do every day, bro. But yeah, dude, I remember I rated you uh, and you had a whole like skit ready. Like it was it was mind blowing dude. the content level. Was it um, the most recent one or was it like was it, it a year ago? Probably? No, it was when it was when the, you ate a banana on the stream and uh, your, your mom packed you the lunch. <laughs> it was like. Mate, times are tough, okay? Yeah, and you you literally, I was eating a banana when you came into the stream, so I thought, <laughs> why not just make it a little bit more exciting? I don't know if you're going to show a clip or anything like that, but, like, nah, it was good times where, yeah. yeah. It, hey, hey, it got us that date right on the following yeah. Friday. You were like, man. Everybody cool. everybody thought it was uh, hilarious. It was great. I want to kind of get an idea before we get too deep in everything. I like yeah. to start with like you know where are you at now with your content because looking at everything you've done you got a lot of stuff even going on today you you've come a long way in content creation from what I've seen I'm sure it's even deeper than what I know at a surface level so like you know where are you at with creating content now like what platforms are you on what are, and what are you focusing on overall I mean obviously that's a massive question because yeah like you know you're doing a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like so you as well you know in the industry and they also you got to look at it as where you know, you're from YouTube as well as a background, you know, you've got a, a successful channel, but obviously when I started, I started on YouTube too. I was there around about the 2007 time, but I never uploaded until about 2010, um, you know, doing my 10 videos that year, progressing upwards to try and do like 30 in the year. And then obviously one thing led to another, but my first ever starting point on YouTube was doing Grand Theft Auto up until 10,000 subscribers. I then packed that in and then I went right, this isn't what I want to do because the admittedly back then it was a very fierce dog eat dog world. Not that it isn't now, but it was yeah. on a scale that was just like GTA wasn't a pl nice place to be in. So I went Minecraft and I associated with a lot of the uh, top sort of Minecraft individuals at the time uh, by building for them, got my way in there. And then I suddenly slow taught myself through YouTube in itself, how to do like Sony Vega and edit and stuff. But honestly answering your question, so I don't diverse too much. <laughs> is I've got a company called Overworld, right? And that was invented because I went to a gaming event in the UK, which is a little bit like PAX, but nowhere near on the same scale or size. And I periodically had to meet different requirements to be able to be involved on panels and things. And I found it a little bit difficult because 
everyone else had already kind of reached where they needed to be. And I kept having to beat these different criterias every six months for some reason, because mm. I don't know, they didn't quite understand the influencer industry as much back in 2013. And I would basically meet the criteria and they'll be like, oh, sorry, dude, you, you, you're 2000 subscribers off. And I'd be like, what, what's going on? You know, like I want to be involved in these things. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and try and start this thing by myself uh, with a, you know, a couple of close friends. So we started this company and this organization called Overworld. And basically it converted um, these Minecraft shows into theater. And then we had these theater shows that went up and down the country in the UK. And it was based on a show on a series on Minecraft that I had called Survival Madness Adventures. And essentially it was like made on creative. So you were allowed to use all the, like the gimmicks and cheat codes and stuff like that to build the world. And then you actually had to act in said world um, as of like a TV show. And it also got put on Amazon Prime, um, which was quite cool because we were one of the first kids yeah. sort of like Minecraft shows on there. And uh, that all went coincide together. So Overworld was invented. And then essentially uh, from doing these Minecraft shows, we created an actual like, you know, come in, have birthday parties, uh, like a land center. It was about 1,300 square foot. And it was like now an official business. Wow. Uh, and then obviously we started these different divisions, one called EABLE, which uh, which with the stars, we can go into a little bit more detail and shortly, if you want to know more about it, where all the stars go towards game for autism and disabled children so they can play competitively in video video games but originally it was so that they could come to the establishment completely for free because they couldn't you know necessarily fund it so the stars and all that infrastructure was to fund that implement when i was partnered with facebook prior we obviously had different like schools um you know different uh, sorts of groups that would fund that element and they'd come in and there's birthday parties and it was just like pay and play and then we upgraded to a uh, in a mall or a shopping center and then we we're like to franchise it out and it was all going all, all the way that it needs to go. And it still kind of is. It's just um, COVID-19 is kind of yeah. like the, the direction of everything. Because people are very, uh, in here in the UK especially, they're very reluctant to go out into the shopping centers or the malls because um, they don't want to get sick or anything like that. And, and, and the business model and retail has kind of changed. So um, we're going to change it to where like, you know, like a Costco, you kind of drive to an establishment and you go there and you get out of your car and you go there. It's not like a shopping mall where there's like multi-purpose right. things. The dedicated. Yeah, yeah, a dedicated place. Yeah. So that's what we've do we're have we doing now is we're opening, opening these dedicated areas um, more on a smaller scale instead of a shopping center or a mall. And uh, essentially it is what you could imagine. It's a land center with birthdays and events and uh, e-able attached to it even more so now due to me being partnered by Facebook. Apologize for it being the longest story ever, but there is essentially Overworld is like my, uh, my baby and that's my company. But that in itself, allows us to do all these different crazy things so so for example one last thing we have to touch to it is and i'll be honest with you i i i haven't like i'm a part of it but i haven't really done it it's uh, our education system so we actually have an esports like qualification where people can get like a in the uk like a proper city and guilds qualification i didn't do it uh immediately i have a very good team behind me that you know i funded it and they're there and they're turning up like the, at the moment we've got like 10 members of staff in this building that are like doing it. And I'll, I'll be honest that I just thought it was a cool idea. And I'm fortunate to have 
good support network of like a family. So they're all kind of interconnected. And when I'm asleep, there's someone working and, and all this stuff happening, basically. Yeah. Basically. That's, I mean, that's awesome because you're running still your YouTube channel as well, right? You're that's correct. But I'm not actually running it anymore. Um, I've got a team work running on it because uh, that YouTube channel, Minecraft, when uh, Mr. Trump decided to change the Data Protection Act for kids, which was fine, um, it, it kind of changed the monetization massively mm. on a huge scale for kids' content. And that basically just kind of, I don't know how it affected it, with it, whether it be with the algorithm, but the financial side of it definitely removed incentive. But you don't want to kill a million plus subscriber YouTube channel, especially right. when you're speaking to a brand or anything like that. You need to have the proof that there's there's show of life on the content. Um, so yeah, it plods along. But I would say that I do miss YouTube. Um, I would uh, you know like that that was such a creative aspect of how I am as a as a person, and I was able to just do a lot of different things that I'm not so much doing now because that grind mentality of like Facebook and streaming in general, you know, you're only, let's say you're only getting paid hypothetically if you're live. The second you're not live, you're not getting paid sort of mentality. Um, I, I'm, I enjoy streaming more than YouTube, but I will say that there's, there's definitely this two, there's, there's massive differences in between the two, both important. How do you manage that? And then, you know, everyday life sort of thing at the same time. Yeah. And, when you're making that transition then to doing Facebook content and getting in on that, like, what was that like for you? Because you're streaming on Facebook all the time. Like, how much are you streaming on Facebook currently per month or so? Um, I try and do eight hours a day. So it's like a nine to five um, to treat it respectfully of a job. And then on, on top of a few hours here and there with Overworld. Um, but no, I, I, I think I think what it is, is that I wish there was more time at all times i wish it was like a 30 hour day you know yeah. like, or something like that. you could take a nap in between and then wake up and come and do some more or something it's it's not necessarily like i there's so much to look about with facebook when i got partnered on facebook i never knew i thought i would ever get partnered right because i was part of a uh, studio 71 the network on youtube and i had a guy that was saying luke you know um facebook america sort of thing they're looking to partner people and i wasn't part of studio 70 one uk i was part of the american team so it was almost like back then it was everything was in limbo so people didn't really know how the partnership process was definitive interesting so they kind of threw channels at like yeah pick this guy pick this guy yeah and the american teams and whatnot were like yeah maybe no he doesn't do this he does this and at the time i was doing minecraft they weren't right. looking for Minecraft at all yeah so uh, i got an email from a charity called war child which supports uh children in war-torn countries like Iraq and stuff where their families are no longer here or in trouble. And essentially I got an email where they were like, Hey Luke, we've seen your content. This is war child, not Facebook. Mm -hmm. They were like, Hey Luke, we we've seen your content. We'd love for you to come down to Facebook HQ in London and mm -hmm. do this free, um, sort of like show where you can help raise awareness. And admittedly, I'll say this straight. It wasn't for me to come and bring my audience. It was for me to add a, added value to the comedians that were employed, like famous UK comedians were there playing video games alongside an influencer. And then it kind of like was down to Warchild to make the campaign good. So it wasn't the other people's 
success necessarily to make it popular. It was kind of Warchild's already success to make a great campaign. Really weird, but really cool. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be picked. So I went there. Um, uh, obviously, remember, it's charity, so it was completely free. And a lot of people, a lot of sh- people turned it down. It was like, oh, I'm too busy and all that. And I was like, fine, I- I'm good do this i don't know what's going to come of it i didn't think or comprehend anything and i met a guy the partner manager that originally partnered me and uh we had something in common which i think honestly if i had to look in the mirror and go perfect timing did this help towards it yes uh he had an uh, an obsession with halo and so did i like that's my my absolute favorite thing ever is is halo um and we basically were talking about this uh, achievement called the Vidmaster achievement, where you could get this thing called the recon helmet on Halo 3. Mm-hmm. And the uh, game score was zero, and you had to go across Halo ODST, Halo 3, and I think it was it might have been Halo Reach at the time. And uh, you had to intertwine different achievements that were completely zero game score, but the hardest to do. And we had this like conversation for like 30 minutes. And obviously, at the time, the UK team wasn't quite... Um, or partnerships or influencers or whatever didn't really exist. So I guess even though I was doing Minecraft, he said that I didn't meet his criteria for the numbers and things like that for the original first sort of secondary wave of the UK uh, team partnerships. But because we had done, I turned up, did the war child thing with the comedians, thought the content was good from my end, from my YouTube background experience. We had something in common. So he was easy. He found it easy to work with me. He said, Luke, I'm going to give you a shot. And but you need to meet this criteria uh, in order to be ex- in, in accepted. And it wasn't difficult, but it was difficult for someone that didn't have when it was a kid's audience and it yeah. was from YouTube, Facebook. But admittedly, fortunately, I had the overworld shop thing. So every parent that week that had come through the establishment, I told them this time, this place. And admittedly, I'd say it was a bit of luck. But because uh, I was never going to do, I was never going to meet the criteria. Trust me. But what I did was I u- I utilized real people. And I had about 400 people on my first stream on my wow. test stream. Yeah. Uh, just because I was able to like cleverly utilize people to actually guarantee. And he was like, you know, on his end, he was like, how did you do this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, easy. Yeah, whatever. I'm uh, just the and- best. Yeah, you know, yeah, something like that. And really in the back end, I was just utilizing a clever process yeah. uh, to to get in part of Facebook. So no, Facebook's, uh, that's how I got partnered, by the way. That's awesome. And so you came onto Facebook then. I mean, because I, I knew you had, you had a bunch of experience on YouTube, but transitioning that audience over, this was a really brand new audience that you were building on 100%. Facebook when you started streaming there. 100%, 100%, yeah. It was just the way that I, I, I when, when I built Overworld, the reason why it's called Overworld mm-hmm. is to involve as many people as humanly possible and work with as many people, good, bad, or indifferent. It didn't matter at the time. It was just to sort of like meet people and create opportunity. Um, and basically moving over with a fresh audience, which was kind of weird because people were like still ask me to, to this day, how did that work? Well, how did you manage to transition Minecraft over? And I just say I didn't, you know, I just right. kind of just used uh, the dynamics of my experience to convert from nothing to something. And, and that's what I did with Call of Duty. And obviously, fortunately, be, I, I hope being quite good at it, uh, that helped out too. Yeah, I mean, because you started on Blackout, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Actually, I started on Fortnite because it, it worked a little bit well with the with the kids that were coming to the shop because we were allowed to watch the Fortnite. And then I would say maybe the algorithm, things like that worked. And then I was like, new battle royale, 
you know, I want to, you know, when I would go to these events, I, I, I didn't enjoy being that dude was like, I, I'm quite extroverted, right? And a lot of the Minecraft people, I'm not saying that they're not extroverted, but I know a lot of them that aren't, right? Sure. And I would be like, hi, hey, pleased to meet you. My name's Nigel. And I would be so forward that <laughs> I might have been like a bit, well, you know, like a bit crazy for them. But when with the Call of Duty lot, again, there's loads of introverted people, which is fine, but I just felt I fitted better there. So I always, you know, wanted to be uh, known as a guy that could play uh, teen, uh, 15 plus games, 18 plus uh, so that I could just go well with my own audience. Um, so that's kind of why I went over and transitioned into like older content. And was it already at that time that you were like, you had the team that was working on the Minecraft content? What was that transition like for you kind of coming away from doing some of the Minecraft and really focusing on streaming? Um, at first I only did like four hours and stuff like that, you know, uh, two hours to four hours. And then I worked my way up. Admittedly, the guy at my partner manager at the time had a really good way of like getting the best out of me, I'd say for them, yeah. uh, which now I'm appreciative of at the time I was like, oh my God, too much, too much, too much. But I actually only had like one editor, uh, at, but I wasn't uploading as much content and also Minecraft didn't have the windows 10 edition and all these different variables and stuff. So the direction was kind of easy for us to copy and paste similar styles of content. You know, there would be a skin pack of Toy Story that would come out and you would just sort of rehash the same style of content. You know, kids don't really notice and you just copy the same dynamics. It wasn't easy, but right. after doing it for years, it became- You, you know, had that skill set. You had that format down of, you know, what, what, you know what worked for the audience. 100%, yeah. And so when you built up a new audience on Facebook then, like this is you- pretty much starting completely over, right? Yeah, sure, you got a little bit of a juiced head start, right? But, uh, or, you know, that helped you kind of get the snowball rolling on it. But was that a different skill set for you? Like getting into streaming, like you started with four hours, like I, I guess compared to doing recorded video content, like how yeah. was that transition like for you getting into streaming more so? Okay, so obviously incentives and things like that and trying to make sure that you're, always in the front seat but my way of explaining it is that everything's about perfect timing and things like that and at the time as you know competition was exactly hot you know facebook were trying to come up with different strategies to try and incentivize you to uh be playing certain games trying different techniques and you know i, I want to just say loosely that you know we I know you have access to speaking to some engineers and we do too of helping to give feedback and they love that feedback. Right. And when you give them that feedback, they sometimes will guinea pig test you for something and they might go, right, we're going to try this, you know, this technique sure. on process. And they'll put you out there. Maybe on that one time test, they might excel you a little bit more out there. Cause after all you're partnered for a reason, cause you've done the grind as it is, you've put those years in sure. your pay and partnered right so they invest that time and into you and i felt that i was given that opportunity where because i had been uh picked and partnered i did feel like at the beginning stages i was open to these guinea pig tests which did i'd say enhance opportunity to be able to reach a bigger audience quicker but obviously there's still dynamics there's still a tick list now they don't give you that tick list i'll say this open-mindedly they just kind of vaguely give you the the tools and they allow you to build it there is a i would say a definitive process on for example uh, i've always said this when i was growing youtube channels that were kids content or trying to convert people into kids content i'd say would someone subscribe to you for swearing 
and they would go, someone go, what do you mean? I'd go, well, would someone click on your channel? And because you said the F-bomb, would they go, I'm subscribing to that channel? And all of a sudden they were like, no, they, prob they probably wouldn't. I mean, they would with the humor and the, and the flow on and how you execute it. Sure. But um, there was this process. So I'd say that, you know, Facebook, that was a process that helped that area at the right time. My experience with YouTube helped this area to be able to convert views and understand algorithms and tagging and not to spam, but as well, also asking the right questions helped out massively. And that's why obviously things like yourself pipeline and, uh, you know, I guess to my, my extent overworld, I was always able to ask enough questions without pissing someone off and being able to go, does that work? Does that not work? For example, a lot of people don't know by having the word Facebook in your description, uh, in your live stream, can, if you're not careful, act as spam and completely choke your your views uh, from going out there. You know, even to the point where people don't actually know that you can't have a PayPal link and all these other things like that in your descriptions on your streams. Uh, otherwise, they'll again choke the view hold. Now, that person, that content creator, could have been doing everything right. The stars could have aligned for at least six months, and he's gone. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this uh, PayPal challenge or something. Instantly, he's just he doesn't know it, but he could have just stopped himself from meeting his next threshold. Um, so no, I, I would say being a part of the process earlier on, meeting the right people and and, and having experience, like years and years, over 10 yeah. years plus experience, um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to know and spot the signs of a lot of mistakes. Uh, like, like a real quick example, like in 2012 on YouTube, a lot of people that, trust me, pe people know and watch now, they did this thing called the metadata spam. And what it was is, uh, this is the alias of the world and things like that and, and all that. And by the way, they, they were all fortunate enough to, to all know each other at the time when they were really young. And they basically would take the title of the video and they would copy and paste that title 20 times in the description and that was called metadata spam and what it would do is is it would literally force force the algorithm to put you at the top with the most the person with the most titles spammed again would force you at the top and that this went unnoticed for about a year and a half but your ksis your syndicates your alias they knew this they knew it so early on uh, and by the way they were still good creators they didn't right. just load rubbish it's just they again right time right place um and that's not to deter anyone that might be listening or watching that you have to be at the right time and right place and what you need to do is when i said about facebook with the tick boxes you need to try and envision what those hypothetical tick boxes are and and try and steer yourself into that direction and hopefully it might just like a fish on a hook you know you might get snagged and or, or, or you might put yourself open to that snag or that hook yeah, um, and that's what I took from YouTube. And when you've been going on, you know, streaming for this, you started on Fortnite. Like, how was that transition and like any of your content strategy shifting as you've been doing it? Like, have you been doing any, you know, obviously you were big on YouTube. Did you do any video content? Have you been utilizing any of that on Facebook or even on YouTube trying to do another channel around the content that you're now creating? Is that anything you're considering I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest i didn't really um push my youtube content over based on um you know just anxiety really just the fact that i wanted to try and do it from a fresh start because it was a younger audience you know i didn't feel that the audience were over on facebook from youtube um i i, I didn't push it because i wanted to i wanted a blank 
slate. And even though I was doing a bit of Fortnite actually at the time, um, it was all very much like on theatre mode, really weird kids' voices. I would just like make up on the spot, like Family Guy sort of weird stuff. And it didn't, it didn't convert. It really didn't. And I, I was very honest about it. Um, I probably could have utilized uh, the conversion higher. But like I said, you know, overworld and face-to-face people help the Fortnite, yeah. you know, being and opening that store uh, really pushed that beginning stage, might have pushed the algorithm really nicely. And then through just being, you know, God level sort of branding, um, which by the way, God level isn't a God. It's a difficulty setting, you know, of just like being on the top tier difficulty. Um, I just made it work. And I guess again years of experience it the stars aligned with that i I, Um, you're a very good player as well though and i know i saw that in call of duty and but like as you've transitioned between and through games is that like uh i mean i remember you streaming you had like the god level hat right like mm -hmm. you had like that and then you just dominate in modern warfare or whatever but like was how was that like even transitioning between games did your audience you know as you're building this newer audience or what are like, are they following you as you're going through it? Like, how has that experience uh, been like as you've been streaming? Uh, I, I think what it is, is to always be, a, it's like like Madonna. She would always reinvent herself. She's still relevant. She's been, you know, popular since like 80s and mm-hmm. things like that. She's still around now, uh, you know, use that as a bit of an icon is being able to reinvent yourself, except in the industry of like video games and influence marketing, reinventing yourself could be every month, every week, or like every quarterly, you know, like, the, and by the way, like to disrespect, even though he doesn't put a different uh, clothing set on, still reinvents himself through like challenges or like um, coming up with different ways to try and build a movement, like a story, like a series, yeah, uh, things like that. And I would say that I've just always had something, whether it be with the tournaments, uh, and then you'd sort of like, you know, absolutely squeeze all of that out of the way. And then you'd be like, right, what do I do now? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to focus more on EABLE because that's a good thing uh, where, you know, again, we raise money for gaming for autism and disabled kids. How can I make that even more? And then you squeeze that COVID-19 throws a curveball because you're like, people don't have as much to donate for stars and things like that. So I don't want to milk that. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to, I want to keep doing that, but I need another story. I need another thing to be able to keep working positivity. And um, that might be, uh being the best in the world at the game you know hypothetically speaking you know and then you you work towards that um it's always trying to come up with different ways to push your audience and it is easier said than done when you could be sitting in front of 10 viewers and you're like how do i get how do i get from 10 viewers to 30 and then make this agenda be more worthwhile um and it's i guess again being able to understand when uh and what is valuable at the time. Right. Um, like I've been playing video games since I was two years old, right? And playing Resident Evil 2 and, uh, and one with my dad, which was kind of crazy since it was like an 18 game at the time. It's got <laughs> zombies and stuff. Uh, and, and I would just play video games. And I will also say that I uh, was so probably low-key addicted to video games as a, as a kid that I... I, I I probably didn't even do well. I didn't do very well at education. Um, you know, I struggled at school because you know I, I would get bullied and things like that at school in the very beginning. Uh, and I just so used gaming as a form of escapism. You know, I have a lot, for example, people's forms of escapism could be drugs, alcohol, whatever. Mine was gaming. You know, and uh, I basically put all my energy into playing video games and being good at them and going for achievements and and things like that from such a young age that I, I if you said to me, Luke did you think you were going to do well in the gaming industry? I tell you in your face, yes, because 
I, I made it happen. Um, and I was there at the right time because I, I I made sure I was there at the right time because of, again, probably being addicted. And, and whether or not you know this as well, you know, I'm autistic. So um, like the that autistic superpower has probably come in my favor by being so, uh, again, extroverted, which hasn't helped me in, the, in, in as well when I've met people in real life. I've probably put them off sometimes because I'm so forward on that. Uh, passionate about my content. And I've gone through my phases of looking at the numbers as well back in the day and being like anxiety, anxiety, because the views aren't enough, which I've, as I've got older and years experience, been able to offset that nicely and always being able to come up with a new idea, almost hitting that, that creative next step, next step. There isn't a next step. I'm kind of making it up as I go along, but at the same time, I'm aware that you can't just sit on the autopilot uh, shrink where you yeah. just kind of go, oh, I just got my coffee now and to play a bit of park <laughs> off. And then you did a bit of that. You can do that sure. when the game's new. Yeah. But then five days down the line, you know, you've got to be like, you might, might need a cup of tea instead of any coffee. And then you might need to go win. You, you know that your favorite landing spot in Fortnite is Tilted Towers. But you know what? You know, it's your favorite and you're itching to land there. But you're like, yeah, I have to go somewhere different and I have to do this gun challenge. And maybe you get a different influencer on board just to change the dynamics. But then hold on a minute. You're like, whoa, I like this new change. And all my chat is like, like in this new change. Now you've got to go with it. And instead of being comfortable, which is so bloody difficult, um, you, you, you've got to roll off with this new, new process um, for sure. And when you're starting out with even like going back to YouTube, right? When, what yeah. was your, um, I guess like, in, like obviously big in the gaming, like how did you start to get involved in that? And was there like any like first significant break that you had on, on the YouTube? So like when you're very first getting into creating content in that front. All right. Okay. Or was right, it something so that you always were like, even when you were younger, no, like trying it. to figure out ways to I've, make content I've got this and it's quite funny yeah because like i said i did gta to begin with and being like at the time uh 17 16 something like that you know doing gta um messing around with that there was this process like there was always techniques right always techniques to grow your youtube channel and often it was like a cheeky way of growing it not cheating because that's exploit it was always a like a cheeky way so the way that was cheeky was people found glitches to how to get your online character money on GTA. And they had these things called shark cards where you had to buy real in-game currency and, you know, it's made Rockstar, you know, so much, so much money. Um, and we knew a process called the DNS glitch, which would basically uh, glitch your character to get an infinite amount of money. Now, YouTube channels were getting banned for this, right? But we're talking about the 100Ks at the time. Now, I was like a kid, sort of like dumb mentality. I was like, oh, I'm going to go on this DNS glitch thing and uh, get you all this money. So I'd sit there in the garage in GTA and be like, yo, guys, I'm joined with my, you know, whatever with the time. Uh, we're going to give you loads of this money if you hit the subscribe button. <laughs> and it was, you know, and they were like, and all these kids were like, oh my God, three millions of dollars. And then you would literally, the video go up and, and, a, and I only did it for a week 
And uh, hour later, you have a thousand more subscribers. And you were like, whoa, we got to 10,000. And we were like, as kids or younger, would be like, oh my God, these channels are getting deleted. And you get put on the Rockstar blacklist as well, where you hey. would never be involved with Rockstar stuff. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I deleted all my GTA stuff. I was on about like <laughs> 400 bucks a month at the time. So I was like, well, you know, like a bit sad about it. And I was like, no, I'm going to go full send it and go straight into Minecraft. I did know mm. a few people and, and, and now you know, that led to, to where I am now. You know, there's loads yeah. of different thought processes as well within Facebook. There's a few points that I want to like look into about like thought process of um, how to grow a lot of streamers and stuff. Because I know a lot of True. streamers, um, you know, come to me and go, Luke, how do, how do I grow my content? And uh, I'm very passionate about like trying to grow up and coming streamers, um, whether or not, you know, I, I'll play with anybody, but yeah, you know, I, I want to grow up and coming streamers just because I remember the terminology cock block on what I had in the YouTube industry. And I think I put it up on Twitter and uh, you replied yeah. to it. This might've led to why you you chose for me to come on, on Pipeline and, and involve the podcast myself to your podcast. Not necessarily, but, but this was a, a really cool thing that I saw you uh, talking about on Twitter. And it, it's a fantastic idea, I think, in general. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't just that. I'm glad that you thought naturally it was good at Call of Duty. No, I mean, listen, the conversation we've had. This <laughs> you like. This is like every time I've looked up anything that you've done. It's like there's there's ten more things that are like yeah. that are behind it. I'm like, this is this is like the level of content is is, is insane. Well, but, I'm glad glad we're able to have such a good conversation because obviously we've been in the industry for years. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where um, I'll explain the, the upcoming YouTubers in a sec. When we played the other well, the, about a month ago, and we had Cross, Elite, uh, Elite Shot, and you, yourself and me. You know, if you actually just took a rewind for a minute, and a bit poetic, you know, you know, maybe I'm being a bit cheesy, but we're all YouTube content creators at that exact moment. I know that you're a Facebook guy, and you had uh, you have your your Stone Mountain thing with a voice and stuff, which is really cool, by the way. Um, you've got so many ogs like if you added up the years yeah that was in that one room uh it's kind of goosebumpy because it's a lot it's a lot of years it's like 30 plus 40 years experience in there and a lot of people don't realize that because they think oh we all come yeah. from face but if you, if you if anyone ever goes back and watches that whether or not they find it or not uh, and you listen you you there's this almost poetic uh i don't know youtube senses kicked in something about it there's 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 a different so i'm not saying that you're a different person if you're youtube but there's this different art form of conversation okay and it flowed so good i i miss that by the way like not the fact that we as human beings played more that the, the art form of knowing that the camera has switched on and, 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 and don't be deterred by that people that might be listening that is it is a little bit there's elements of fakeness but it's all authentic when when you've got that that experience there but it's that lights camera action and it it was there and on that particular style of games it was so easy the chemistry was right and even to the point with when i was playing i wasn't just playing the game in your autopilot like, i'm gonna kill the lobby it was right. like i now need to now let stone have his conversation uh, uh, uh but it was without being really literal it was this poetic flow and I'll, I'll be honest with you it does take years to get that but you instantly know that's that spark works there and i miss that style of content because i know the guys that are from facebook they're new they're new to influence some uh, stuff 
Uh, and, and in five years and six years time, a lot of these guys will be where I'm, where I'm explaining now. And I'm not talking about being at followers. It's simply just knowing when that chemistry flow, but when you've got a lot of years experience, whether or not you like or dislike the person, admittedly, you can just tune straight into it. Um, and I felt like that session that we had was one of my favorite just because of that, whatever what I'm trying to, whatever that thing is, you know? Yeah, no, it's uh, a great point. And like, just, just the entertainment value on top of whatever, you know, we're playing a game. Yeah. But we're entertaining. And like, how do we make, it's almost like improv comedy or like improv, whatever, in a lot of sense, uh, it even feels like, but you're talking about, you know, helping or your advice for streamers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Growing up and coming streamers, you know, that, that in itself has been like, uh, uh, a massive mystery on how how you do that because there are so many right ways of doing it and there's so many ways to get to the same destination and so many thought process and what you do's and you don'ts and you know i'd look at it as many different ways of getting to the same destination destination but i will say that there it, it it's better to be positive when looking to grow a streamer or even yourself you know i have seen streamers um which is good to see for experience purposes and no doubt not to do where you it people create this god complex of a fictitious uh hierarchy of they are at this particular level so you need to get in this lane of uh, command like almost that like you're in a regiment or an army that you know you've reached this rank so therefore you know there's a process you know i'm very much a guy that doesn't go through those process there's a process but not really um i want to be able to go and change the psychological psychological step of it because i want to basically empower other people to feel good about the grind uh, or or going the long route or whether it's the right or bad route i want people to feel good that they can know that they they can make it because by the way anyone can make it there are hurdles where if you tag something wrong or you know you put the paypal link you are gonna stop yourself from growing because you know it's it doesn't work in the terms and conditions of the tick box of facebook or, or something there are things that some unfortunately people don't ask the right questions or know about it i mean you got to do your homework anyway as, as, a, as a streamer if you want to grow but uh what i look at it is i want to approach streamers and do the other thing i want to surprise them and they go whoa why is this high follower number even though to me i'm just like yeah it's just normal but to them they're like whoa why is this dude you know helping me i'm not necessarily going hello i know who you are and i've watched everything you've done no i'm just going right i'm seeing it as part of the job to have this trickle down economy sort of thing where i now need to go out my way and, and help that person, but not like once a week, like every day, what can I do to help them? And not with just a raid, raids are lovely, but raids in a way are uh, just a dump of your audience, which can be good, but I don't like that all the time. I wanna be able to play with that person, you know, and, and give them some views and make my audience see that A, you know, I'm playing with them and that they'll feel good about me doing that, which is good, but they'll also their audience and their up and coming community will feel good and they'll also feel good. So it's like this circle of just goodness, which is really weird and cheesy, but it's this yeah. psychological positive area where you can just boost their content. They can get some feedback in the process. And um, I think growing streamers in general, there are so many ways of doing it, but it, there is a lot of reluctancy because the industry does uh, create fear in if I play with said name, will I lose that person because he's all mine, or he's 
it was a mine they're all mine and that was probably created more in the youtube industry more than anything because there is a lot of monopoly and things like that, that happen in phases of like tagging algorithms but i'd say that facebook's a little bit different streaming is a little bit different in general but what that mentality is really difficult because you know when you've got a big donator or someone like that that might donate to you every day every day of the week and then all of a sudden you know you've introduced them to this another amazing content creator and then he's not in there in your chat anymore he's donating to this other amazing content creator people might be like oh my god you've stolen my human from my chat and really you know there's thousands and millions of people to go around and really we just need to work together not necessarily friends with everyone because it's just not human nature right. um but you know to work together to make the platform so big that there is just an infinite number of human beings that you know it doesn't matter as much uh but that's that in itself is such a that's a whole podcast itself. That's a whole story in itself. You know, and you also have to be so clever and experienced to be able to have that conversation in the industry. Otherwise, you're going to really say something you don't want to say. And a lot of people are reluctant to have those mm -hmm. conversations because you say the wrong thing. You're like, whoa, you just said you're all going to fail. You've, you, you have to just know not to say the wrong thing, uh, which I can tell a lot of people are reluctant to have those conversations live because it, it's a difficult one because you don't want to upset anybody uh, because they are putting a lot of time, a lot and sometimes money and things like that uh, that they might not have to try and make the dream come true, you know. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very passionate about just coming up with different ways to try and make those guys uh, feel welcome to to... To, to be a part of the industry and and just know that there are there is a, there are processes and there are ways of growing but you know it's okay to be able to just do a bit of homework and things like that and ask around and ask a, another streamer um i wouldn't say necessarily add them put on your personal facebook and ask them a million to one questions because that can get really difficult um because i get that a lot at the moment and i would say that you know like it's it, that there is there is a lot of ways to grow and don't ever worry about someone telling you that you're not going to grow because if you do the work and not the grind grind doesn't necessarily need to be there all the time just know that there are obstacles that you could beat without worrying about the fact that you know you have to act in a certain lane that that's what i'm trying to explain mm -hmm. that there's so many ways to grow that there's not a one way, but that is what there is a way if that makes sense. Is it like working smarter, not harder, finding the right it, ways it, to it, work? Yeah, there, there's a lot of right ways to work. But the painful thing is sometimes people don't have the right support networks sure. to, to work smarter because, you know, you're, you're, they, they're passionate about gaming or they're very good at the game, but they don't know how to act in a certain way or they don't know what to say or what they can and can't not and what they can tag and what this is not really a, a great thing out there. What it is is to be able to know who to surround yourself with or an, an area to surround yourself with and just try and get as much information without with, with you sitting back mm. and, and watching and obtain the information and then test it and yeah. then try and make it work it's, it's not easy it's not easy i think i think that's yeah. the grand scale of it is that it's not easy and nor should it be um and the, and and throughout this whole big conversation that we've had there are so many ways and and rights right people that you right know um the stars need to align the right pl uh, place for uh algorithms and things like that but i don't want to scare people i just want to say that you need to get the dynamics and the basics right and that is basically make sure your audio sounds pretty good make sure that you your video quality is pretty good make sure that you you know you don't have 
a, a shed load of things on your screen that take away from the game. Because honestly, when the person watches you for the first time, they're there for the game, not for you. And then they then you convert them to be there for you and not the game. Hence why that's when you get stars, because then they're there for you more than the game. Um, but people just need to go, almost need this like list of uh, back to basics. Color sure. correction, audio, game. What's game? How do you know? And even a little chapter that says, how do you know when this game's really dropping off? And how do you know when to return to it? And what's a basic title? And, and, and it's all these basics, back to basics, and then being able to enhance your interpretation on how to build that your own community up from the basics. And I'll be honest with you, some people get 70% of the basics right, and they go 70% that way, but they're missing that extra 30%. And until they go ding, mm. which they might not get, because they're not, they're not, uh, they're, they've got the tree right in front of them. Yeah, they don't see the woods, you know. Um, yeah, and that's why it's difficult. That's, that's, I guess, why the people will be listening to this now going, Luke, what the hell are you going on about? <laughs> like, yeah, and I do diverse. I do, it's very difficult to try and get out what I'm trying to explain sometimes, um, just because I want to make sure that I can Im uh, embark a thought process into your head rather than people getting the notepad go down and saying, Luke said, don't look at tree in front of you, <laughs> look at woods. Yeah, sure. And then, and I, 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 I want that person to understand that what does he mean? And then they figure that out. Sure. Yeah, listen, we're going a little long here. I, I do want to wrap it up. If people want to yeah, check sure. you out, and, no, it's great. Like I, this is this is exactly what I I want to try and provide is allow you know people like yourself to be able to talk about their story, talk about their insights, talk about what they've learned in this because like this is extremely valuable information, right? Like how many people have come to your stream and have been so grateful when you've talked about any of these things. But, sure. you know, if people do want to come to your stream or see, see you uh, or anything you're working on, where's the best place to go? Honestly, it's just Nitrogen DX uh, on Facebook. Just type Nitrogen DX on there. If you want to know a little bit more about like thought processes, Twitter, you want to see pictures of my personal life, Instagram, but anywhere and anywhere, it's always Nitrogen DX. Awesome, man. Listen, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. It's been a pleasure mm. having you. Absolute pleasure, man. And I'll, uh, I look forward to having a look, look back and be like, Luke, why did you say that? Or Luke, why did you go on? <laughs> it's like add five more minutes to that bit that you didn't need to go and have. But now it's been a pleasure. I'm sure people would want to hear more about whatever, whatever. <laughs> like you, you got, you got like all these nuggets in there that people like we could do like a three hour podcast about all this know, stuff, I you know? know? I know we could, yeah. I try and, I try my best to try and keep them so they're more contained episodes so people can enjoy it while they're on their commute to work or you know, whatever they got going on. But uh yeah. it's awesome info. Maybe we, we can have you come back on again in the future. Yeah, maybe in like a year's time. Yeah, like look back in the year. Cool. All right. Awesome, man. Thanks.